The fear that often comes from group growth and community multiplication finds its roots in a false or really small understanding of the gospel. The church, that's us, that's people, and therefore our extended families on mission, that's what a missional community is, we exist for the sake of others to God's glory. We've been sent out with God's own Holy Spirit to be fruitful and multiply. That's exactly what Jesus said when he sent us on the only mission we have. Go and make disciples all over the world. The closeness and openness you may feel today with those currently in your group has come from trusting yourself with others, but it's the work of the gospel that has worked through your fears and the need to hide your real self. You can trust God and your ongoing redemption with new brothers and sisters too. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey family, how you doing today? Hope it's a great day. Hope it's a good week so far. Tina and I just got back from an amazing week of training and dreaming and planning for the future with our friends in Maryville, Missouri, C3 Church and the full Terry tribe there. Shout out to the Black Pony Brew Pub and Eatery in town. So awesome. Thanks for the new swag. Loving it. You're going to hear more about what we did and worked on here in a minute coming up. But how are you doing with uh, being ready for Thanksgiving? Are you hearing this maybe before Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving or did you did I miss you already? I was listening to Tina and our daughter, Kristen, planning out our Team K menu and who's all coming to join the family this year. And I am excited. Nothing like a list of the people you love the most and all the food and beverages you love the most coming together. So happy Thanksgiving to you. We all have so much to be thankful and grateful for. We've been blessed to be a blessing. Think about all the things we have. If you're listening to this, you're probably in the top two or 5% of wealth and prosperity and choice in the world. Oh, I hope we see that and live and treat others with the same generosity that we've received from our Heavenly Dad. Now, before we get started, I've just been thinking lately, I wanted to remind you that the best resources I know for leading missional communities and making disciples and helping transition groups from small groups to missional communities, helping people develop their gospel fluency, all of that can be found at Missio Publishing. There's the Gospel Primer there and the Tangible Kingdom Primer, Justice Primer, but a whole bunch of other tools and resources as well. That's where my books live. And I just invite you to check that out. Maybe you have in the past, but you haven't thought about it in a while, or you're looking for what's that new thing we're going to do to equip our people come past the holidays soon and all. So please check out Missio Publishing. Easy to find them. They're at missiopublishing.com, M-I-S-S-I-O, missiopublishing.com. All kinds of cool stuff there. I hope you will. Now today, we're going to talk about multiplying new missional communities. And moving a missional community toward multiplication is a lot like preparing your kids to move out of the house and start a life and families of their own. And done well, it takes a great level of intentionality on our part, and in this case with community on the leader's parts, and it doesn't happen accidentally. 
There's training, equipping, resourcing, and preparations that need to happen. Many conversations to be had so the family is ready, understands what's going on and why we're changing things and sending some of our brothers and sisters out on mission. There are going to be new rhythms for some of the folks as you send them off. There are going to be new relationships formed. For some, it'll be an expansion of responsibilities as they begin to take on more leadership of others. And if not done well, or if just done as a, we're splitting our group because it's just too big kind of thing, then it sounds and can feel like a negative thing to people instead of the most natural and healthy thing that can happen in a community. Healthy things grow and good leadership prepares for and makes a way for that growth. In reality, the right time to start the preparation to multiply your missional community is when you're first starting it. Let everyone know that it's our hope and plan to multiply and extend the gospel and community and family life. Let everybody know that right from the start. Now, I want you to listen to me walk through a little of how we did this together last week. It was myself with Nick and Danny, two of the leaders at C3. I just mentioned that Tina and I spent a week with this community, and we did a lot of different things. But one very important thing was we worked on the multiplication and the starting of new missional communities there. So listen in as we unpack a bit of the process we went through and the steps they're now taking as they prepare for this multiplication of their groups and, like I said, the starting of a new missional community at the same time. Okay, boys, how awesome is this to get to do this together? Are you crazy excited to be on the Everyday Disciple podcast? (laughs) Very excited. Very excited. Yeah. I know you're long-term listeners, and we've been obviously getting to know each other for years now in coaching and doing that stuff, but what what an amazing week it's been for Tina and I to be on the ground with you guys. And working on through all kinds of stuff. But today we're going to be talking, like I said in the intro here, a little specifically about multiplication and the growth of groups and all those kind of things. To set the context a little bit more for the listeners, for the folks here in the family, tell us a little bit about your church, about C3, the, the church you guys help lead. Give us the context and where you're at and what that's like, but also a little bit about your lives and your roles specifically, just so people know, you know what you're up to and the challenges you face. And I'll bet some of the folks are going to say, hey, that's a little bit like me, or we've got those people in our community too. Now, Nick, give us a little context for C3. Tell us about the church, how long you've been there, the context. You didn't plant that, right? You no, came, no, no. You came in as part of the team. and Yeah, C3 is located in Maryville, Missouri, which is a couple hours north of Kansas City, a semi-rural town. Uh, it's a college town, a place where a lot of families, and, and C3 reflects that pretty well. Uh, a lot of young families, you got a, a lot of really variation in the ages and stages of life at, at Countryside. Sorry, at Countryside C3, uh, we use both terms interchangeable. It's Countryside Christian Church. And I understand some people prefer the more longer version and not the shorthand version. Yeah, for sure. We're trying to train ourselves to use C3 a little bit more <laughs> often. But anyway, I'm 42 years old. I've been married for 20 years. My wife, Barbara, has a number one asset in ministry. She helps me with start to finish, everything in ministry. She's the organizational piece that sometimes I lack, but we're, we're leading kind of through a transition phase. We're trying to, to transition from a very traditional uh, form of church uh, that, that got us to where we are and moving into looking into what's next, into what, what God has in store for Countryside, for the church, for the community of Maryville. So we're, we're transitioning. We have five kids all the while from ages 18 all the way down to four years old. And it's a blast to see what God's been doing 
even in that and through that. So that's kind of our context in Maryville. So Danny, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, brother. I run the youth uh, program at, at C3 and we've been trying to kind of build more of a missional focused youth program and have the, have been trying to have Caesar help us guide that 27 year old single man living in a small town. So that has its challenges. And I'm going to say, being the first time that we've gotten to visit with other than just you guys, we've seen you guys and been able to hang out in person, but getting to hang out with the community, a huge asset you guys have, and we talked about this, is there's a lot of grace. There's a really cool spirit about the whole thing. Uh, a lot of people aren't exactly 100% sure where it's all going just yet, but they are, they're not downtrodden. They're not beaten down. And even where maybe some of the tradition and legalisms might tend to throw a little bit of a weight, you know, an anchor behind things there, but there's still, there's a real sense of grace and that's, that's really important. And I'm really encouraged by that as much. Now you, you talked a little bit about how important the Sunday service thing still is. What, what can you tell us about what is the current state of group life like right now in your community? Yeah, we, we've had a, a semi push for, pretty traditional small group forms mm-hmm. and and in doing that trying to then transfer or shift the mindset into more of a a mission focused group a uh, missional community if you will and and so we've got probably 15 to 20 percent assimilation into that in a pretty pretty um noticeable way uh, it's not it's not just happening by accident uh-huh. and it's it's starting that 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 place where it's starting to transition more than just those small groups that are, that are actively functioning. Yeah. Uh, but, but the state of small groups is still one foot kind of looking into the past and one foot leaning toward the future. Yeah. And so we, we feel that tension in, in a lot of ways with our group life. Danny, what about yeah, with the youth and their involvement? And plus, you're also just a brother in the community, so you're involved in the community besides your role. But you know, how's, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, man. A lot of the small groups that I've led in the past, Maryville's kind of a unique town that it's very based on the college. And so with that, there comes a lot of students that if I'm asked to lead a college group, the investment there only lasts for two to three years. And so you have a big transition of students coming in and getting really invested, but then shipping off. And so the small groups that I've led in the past or have been a part of have always been Okay, you're here for a couple of years. Now we're going to send you off, and it's like starting from ground zero again with those students. And anybody doing college ministry and even like military ministry feels that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. With youth group aspect, um, I walked into a youth group that was very traditionally based and very. This is what you come. The old pizza and pop method of get the kids to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get the kids here with pizza and soda and leave them yeah. on a sugar, sugar high, <laughs> but um, a little message and a little application at the end. And- yeah. But my, my vision with the youth over these past few years is to not necessarily make it that, to make it something worth going to. And with that, I've noticed that the kids who desire to be a part of that, to be mm-hmm. a part of something a little bit deeper than just a Wednesday night to where they come to have fun, the kids that want to be a part of that will be there. And the kids that don't necessarily want that or haven't gotten to the place to where they're ready for that yet Mm -hmm. will go elsewhere. And that's been a little bit hard on me to see at certain times, just kids that I've really invested into and and love go somewhere else. But I got to trust that God's going to still work through them 
and what, what Danny's meaning by go somewhere else is that as, as they go a little bit deeper and more family rhythms, and they're starting to even bring a, a lot of gospel fluency types of learning and training at age appropriateness and all that. But into that, like you said, some of the kids just go, nah, I really do want the pizza Mountain Dew kind of ministry and church across town is doing a you know, big old sports night. And so I, I'm just going to go there. But the kids who do want that and grow that, they do embrace that. And they embrace it not just one night a week, but increasingly throughout the week as a family. Now, that notice how that mirrors adult life as well. Yeah, I know some of you are thinking, well, that sounds like all the adults in my community. It's not that different, really. It's not that different. Just the, the rhythms of their life are. Yeah. So where are you guys hoping that this will go this fall and, and into the next year or so with, as far as your groups? What are you hoping is the tone of it, the multiplication, the size of it, like how many and all that? What what are some of the things that I, mean, I already know a little bit because we've been here working on that and we're going to talk through some of the steps. But what are your dreams for the future here, like immediate and short term? Yeah, we're fortunate to have you and Tina here with us this week. We were fortunate to do a, kind of a unique form of training where we asked some people what mind shifts have been made. And a better part of that group was people from our community, people from our church family. And kind of help move the balls forward a little bit. And... Yeah. And to hear how many of them then really latched onto the idea of a get to life in Jesus. Yeah. Get that, to that, instead of supposed to or should. Yeah. Yeah. That they're not doing something out of obligation. They're not doing something out of uh, a tie to a traditional form. It's because they get to live like a family on mission mm. with a servanthood posture. Yeah. And, and to see that, it excites me about where the groups could go because then it's not, I'm not pulling teeth. I'm not dragging people through anything. It's there. They want this. They came to be equipped in it and learn a little bit more. And yeah, and, yeah. And so really where we get to take it from here is really start living some of those get to experiences where we have family dinner nights, where we have Open time where we get together and, yeah. and just be together. Uh, you know, it's organized, but it's still very organic and, and free and, and not, not just pushing them into another class or pushing them into another small group study, mm-hmm. but truly getting to live life together. And, and that's very, very appealing right now to our, to our majority of our folks after hearing what, what they've said and articulated to us. Even when they're not 100% sure what that looks like yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That, Which shows the hearts of, of a lot of the folks you have. They're like kind of sign me up, I think. We had quite a few meetings with elders and, and some of the elders more than others. And one of the one of the guys who's a really strong leader, I really appreciated the reality of his encouragement and excitement. But then he kept saying, But I'm still counting the cost. Like, can can we really go all in with all this? Like my answer is yes, but I but I gotta be honest with you, we're a little bit still counting the cost too. Yeah. But <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, and, and what I'm excited about and where the groups and, and this transition could go is that we get to walk into it. We don't have to jump in into a place where we're, where we're swamped our calendar with more events. We get to walk in. We get to experience the life that Jesus lived together. And, and that excites me probably the most, that, that it's, not, it's not some sort of bait and switch. We're not trying to trick anybody. It's come live life with us. Come experience the life of freedom that Jesus intended for us to live. And, and that excites me because it's not... It, it, it kind of shifts the, the narrative a little bit. It sure does. And hear that, that when you're transitioning or even multiplying out of groups or traditional small group people that say, yeah, we want to go in remissional, it's important to believe that it's not a light switch that you throw and now everybody's just busy, crazy busy. It really is a lifestyle. I have likened it before to, well, because it is a family, from the, from the time you meet as a couple, let's say, to then start 
dating seriously and then you get engaged and then you get married and then you have babies. I mean, those stages of life and growth and interactions and the depth of that and the cost of that and the choice of all those costs, that keeps growing and escalating and it feels beautiful and natural. It's very much the same in this type of a family. It's not a light switch you throw and now everybody's just like their calendars filled up with all whole brand new stuff that's hard and with people they don't know and like and they their house is you know seven nights a week they're doing dinner parties and throwing <laughs> you know yeah. fire ring fire pit nights and all you know it's it's it, it is over time you're picking up these rhythms as the gospel clarifies and speaks into more and more of the areas of your life. Another thing that has just kind of been on my heart is we have people who are ready and determined. It's just setting them up with the right things and the right process to give them something worth going towards. Yeah, and, and it, it changes even the idea of an invitation. Uh, traditionally in the church, we're inviting people to church, which means our gathering time, or we're inviting people to a small group where or this is a an certain in, event. It's an right. invitation, honestly, into access to our life and access to myself, to my wife, Barbara, to our family, to our kids, to this beautiful community family of God that is right in front of them. Mm. And we're not only encouraging them, we're inviting them into it. And I think that just changes the whole pressure of an invitation to something because it's an, an invitation into me. Yeah. And they love you and they want that type of access and increased proximity and in life on life. Now, the trickier part is, and the growth curve is then, can we help them start to extend that same type of life to our life invitation to more and more people and people of peace and then their extended family members and all that as well. Yeah. And that to me, it, it just hammers on the importance of rhythms mm. that, that if they're, if they realize they're inviting people not to something, but they're inviting people into a community and into, we're going to spend time together. We do all kinds of stuff because we're doing life like a family together. It, it takes that pressure off of how am I going to possibly invite someone into something when truly it's just, we're together, we're family, we love each other, we spend time doing the same things. Yeah. And the pressure's off. Love it. Love it. Well, we've spent the last few days digging under the hood of a lot of stuff there with C3 and you guys. It's been a blast. It's also been a lot of work. Uh, and planning out some multiplication of your current groups and the starting up of at least one new missional community. It looks like kind of heading into the, the new year here. This is a fairly complex situation as we looked at this. Lots of families, uh, there's lots of people, singles, lives, different personalities involved, different gifts and maturity levels represented in the people that you're leading and that you're inviting into this lifestyle with you. Nick, what part of this process and planning that we've done has been the most challenging to you so far? Well, from, from my personality wiring, I guess you could say, the, the thing that's, that's most difficult for me is probably a, a fear of, of non-reciprocation. Mm. A, a fee, it's really fear-based that what if I invite someone and they once again select or elect not to. So sort to of a in, fear of man kind yeah, of issue. For sure. So, yeah. And, and that, that leads me to, to do really kind of <laughs> gross things in my own heart where I'm saying, well, they wouldn't do that. that I'm self-selecting for people and saying, no, nah, there's no chance that they would want to do that. And, and we did that today when we did some of these exercises. Mm. And, and that's just my heart coming out in, in non-gospel ways. Which is real and fair, but articulating it is the starting point, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and the so then the challenge for me is to constantly check my heart. Mm. And say, these, these, these are children of God, dearly loved, 
this this life that we're inviting them into is the most beautiful life they could possibly live what what how how low would i have to think of them to not invite them into this life and if they say no or i'm not ready for that or i'm busy this time or whatever it's like well they're still family i'm going to treat them that way and like well we got lots of stuff coming <laughs> yeah it doesn't change our relationship right. it, it simply it simply means that that things are still working in them and that's okay right and i don't have to fix anything or fix anybody right other than just invite them into this life i think the years and years of a sunday primarily or sunday only focus and attendance being one of the giant metrics who's in who's out it's driven that deep into all the stuff of our life and even as we transition from more traditional forms to more missional incarnational forms we still tend to think and even if we're not saying it people tend to hear you're inviting me to this program or this meeting and it's a binary choice like what night do you guys meet you know like well a lot of them but like if you if you're referring to like our family dinner night where the community tries to never miss we're doing that currently on well just say tuesday or sunday or whatever it would be oh i can't make that so they in their mind it was a binary choice you're like well maybe that'll change and move but we're also doing lots of stuff throughout the week we're just saying hey we see you as family and we want you to increasingly choose to be in these rhythms as we grow in the gospel walk in the ways of jesus and help others do that (laughs) but we have this pull push pull in our heart and even when we wrap it in different clothing people still hear it as this who's in who's out binary yes no i'm in i'm out choice i'm not liking that and but it is hard that lurks in our hearts a lot danny and you're planning to be co-leading the startup pretty much from scratch of a new mc you're co-leading you're not going to be doing that alone or at least that's the hope and the plan what are you thinking hardest about after some of the planning we did yeah, some of mine is very similar to what Nick's going through, just wrestling with my unbelief. Mm-hmm. But mine's different in the fact that I've always been one to doubt myself into stepping into new things and actually trusting God with belief that what we're doing is giving people something worth going towards. And just wrestling with the belief of this isn't a a small group. This isn't just a once a week type deal. This is life on life. We'll take summer off. Like, yeah. We're not going to eat. Like it's a hassle. We're going every other week now. It's like, just, just cancel those. If that's what's going on in your world out there, just go ahead and cancel that now. <laughs> yeah. And as much as this excites me, I still, the whole time we were talking about it over these past few days, it's just been constantly in my head of, am I good enough to do this? Is this something worth giving our community? Is is God in the end going to be glorified through this? And those are just my unbeliefs that I constantly see as a challenge of something that I'm going to have to work through with this. And I, I want to just call that out of you guys and pray against all that because this community is full of grace and they love you. Yeah. I'm not joking. They will follow you guys up any hill and any mountain. And you're both real winsome and fun. And I watch your life and you're all in. You're like, you are, you see these people's family and you're giving it to them and you're both super fluent in the gospel. So I just want to encourage you in that, that when that's bumping up against you, you can just label that. Yeah. That that's not real. And that's not how people see me. And little reminder, um, our actions or their choices, yes, no, indifferent or whatever, uh, does not equal who I am and my value or your value. So just a little reminder, a little gospel in right there. And that reminder is going to be the thing that will take the pressure off of me. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And we need that for each other. And you guys will need to be doing it a lot for you and the other leaders on your team. 
All right. So let's walk through the process a little bit that we mapped out over the like specifically around this. We've talked a lot, a lot about a lot of stuff to get to this point th- this week. But we, we mapped out on a whole bunch of huge whiteboard sort of sheets, poster board things and taped them up and all that. What are some of the issues, topics, concerns that we address just from your perspective as you remember it i I could lay it all out again but like what are some of the things that you go yeah this had to be addressed and this was an issue and concerns about matches of people and types and rhythms and socioeconomic and all that stuff like what are some of that stuff that we mapped out i'm sure people want to know so that maybe they can do some of that themselves well we're, we're always thinking about even though we're all one family as the church there are still pockets of deeper levels of family just like your extended family, you don't go live with your aunts and uncles most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we, we have to think about, and, and we, we spent a good time thinking about, and I think it was fruitful for sure, uh, just kind of how some of those personalities would match up. And, and it makes it super vital to knowing your people and knowing their story, truly knowing them, not just knowing some facts about them. Yeah. But why was that important that you're looking at that as you're considering either multiplication or the starting of new groups? Uh, just from the simple fact that we don't want the groups to be. Uh, too heavily focused on one one person or one family, too heavily focused on trying to always be fixing a problem or fixing an issue that could come up. We want to make sure that the groups are mission, discipleship focused, community, servanthood driven. Mm. And in order to do that, there's just some legwork that, that gets to happen that we, you know, if, if we don't do that, we're not being a very good steward of what God has, has placed in our family. Mm. Uh, it's, it's like letting the kids drive the car when you know they can't drive the car. Yeah. You, don't, you don't just put a bunch of people, like you've said it a million times, you don't just put a, a lasso around a group of people and label it a community and no, no striation of, of tasks or, or understanding of people and where they are in their Gifts, leadership, equipping, all that resource. Yeah. And so you can't know the people in your care enough. You can't know the people that, that you're helping move to deeper levels of belief enough. So... so that, that was the biggest thing that, that we kind of wrestled around with a little bit was knowing people's past with each other, knowing people's past areas of unbelief that are just really obvious. Because we're high grace people in Maryville at C3, and we want to make sure that, that we don't put people in situations where they're living out of a false identity. But they're truly or some crazy expectation that. that they feel you've placed on them, and they don't want to disappoint you guys in or whatever. Yeah, the the, the pressure is off even in forming these groups of people and, and trying to place them together. Yeah, that, you're not going to pick it perfectly or any of that, or not everybody will say yes or step up in the ways you hope, or some people that you are going to be surprised by. I promise you where you're like, look at them on fire. <laughs> They've looped in a whole other community's worth of people in the last month. You know? yeah. You're know, you going to see that. You really will. I can see some of those people. They're, they're just fireballs, and they're, they're like bright lights that people are drawn to at night. Yeah, and, and just um, making sure that, that people are equipped uh, if, if we're going to be leading groups, we're always thinking who's going to be going next, yeah. who's going to be then able to, to kind of shoulder some of this for a community of people, not just for their own biological family, but truly kind of take the mantle and, and, and carry it on, multiply it out. Yeah. And we started out by taking like one giant white you know, board sheet per group that exists and then another one for the group that Danny's thinking about leading and on who would be in that. And we started out with 
like your Nick, your group, you and Barbara lead uh, in particular, we listed out everybody who's pretty regularly in the rhythms of life and community. And then there was a second like sort of column there of like, these folks either used to be, or I know they really want to be, or could be, uh, we are hard to say should be, but really, you know, they really should be. They're so desirous of it. And maybe we haven't pursued them yet enough right. or something happened months ago or years ago and it got a little weird, or maybe they had a season of life that pulled them out of it. And so I, we haven't even thought about them in that way. And so was it weird for you at all, for both of you guys, and even Danny, as you were doing the same thing with maybe here's the folks that we would want to pull into a new group for me, just to like list out people's names. Does it make, some people flip out on that. They're like, but now you're making people a project or you're making them a target. And I'm like, but when you got a family with a lot of kids and you're trying to love them all well, sometimes you got to do a little inventory. Did we get them all Christmas gifts? Do they all have shoes for school? Did who ate today? Have you seen so-and-so? Did he even get up out of his room today? One, You know, it's like, was it weird at all being so technical about it where we actually listed out lots of people and families and moved people around from sheet to sheet and all that? So I don't know if it was as weird for me as it was for you, Nick, um, just in the fact that I, I love this process of dreaming and it's in some of the technicality that I kind of get a little detached from, but I love doing it today and it was kind of cool to see just um, ourselves identify the people in our community that we need to give more opportunities to mm. and we need to move into deeper levels of trusting who they are sent by God. And so that was just kind of a neat mm. process for me um, to see that like these people that I've kind of looked down on, you, Nick, have seen them in a very different light and seen the leadership qualities in them. And it's a, given me the confidence to trust them in the group that I'm leading and takes the pressure off of me when yeah. that happens. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and even in a small way, just being able to bring our collective gifts as, as Danny and Nick and, and our families, our collective gifts of being able to say, well, how you think you know about that person, I've seen a different side, like you were just referencing, Danny. And, and it wasn't as weird as much, probably again, because I can't reiterate enough knowing these people as people, not a name on a roll, not some guy that probably sits in the back. It's, I mean, it's knowing these people. And so then instead of being kind of awkward or weird, it was actually super encouraging to yeah. say that they're not as far off as sometimes we, we convince ourselves that yeah. they might be. Yeah, it's not a bridge too far for a lot of these folks. And boy, oh boy, we started doing some addition at the end of saying, hey, of all the folks currently involved in C3 in community life and increasingly in missional living, and then all the ones you go like, oh, they're going to be in totally. We just haven't probably extended the invitation recently enough or maybe challenged them in this season of their life or marriage or parenting or business or whatever. And then like, oh, these people probably too. It got to be a pretty big number. And then you start thinking about plus their kids and then maybe a little bit of extended bio family. You're like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of fruit left on the tree. Is it like winter's coming? <laughs> Let's get that fruit in baskets. And I think that was an encouraging thing to do because if we just look at the number of people that are in a seat on a Sunday and not see them for the potential that they have of in these small groups, we just, it, it's, it gets so messy yeah. because we're not seeing them for who God sees them as, as somebody who is in that. And we just see them as this, this number and we lose track of the numbers too. 
We, yeah. we don't actually see the value of the family that's there. Well, and we tend to, as humans often, as leaders too, we tend to focus on what's not going well or who's not in the seat this week. And we then we map that into community life too. Like, well, they haven't showed up for a whole bunch of Sundays you know, or whatever. Then we go like, well, I don't know. We were doing this you know group thing and then they disappeared for the last, I haven't seen them in a month or whatever. And we tend to focus on what's not happening or who's not around. And part of what I think was really fun and exciting today was we kind of flipped the narrative on that. And we said, well, like, who's really engaged? And at what level, and like, what are some of their thoughts, gifts, you know, abilities? Uh, what's cool about them? What's a challenge some of them have that we want to be careful not to stack too many of those same types of challenges in a community? And then we looked at like, well, who else could be involved, and who you know, oh, they're totally going to want to right now. And oh, those people love those people. If they say, if they get in, they're getting in. And it really flipped it instead of what's not happening, which is so much of what happens when you're planning or. Like we've been doing all kinds of stuff and looking under the hood, but it got, it was really on the positive end. Look how many people are already engaged and can be, and probably will be. And then they're going to know lots of people a piece. We're going to lead them and equip them in that. It starts all of a sudden, start, I'm even getting a little bit of goosebumps. It starts to feel like this thing's going to pick up some wind in the sail pretty fast here. <laughs> you know, what's going to come, what's coming here next year. Yeah. And, that, and then the, the encouragement of, again, knowing these people and knowing if you start to see people as a project and, and why they're not showing up on a Sunday, for instance, mm. you, if you don't know them, then you assume the worst. And it's, it's, yeah, right. it's a really well, sinister. I don't love Jesus enough. It's the way our They heart don't like works. me. Or last time I talked to him, I don't know. It was a weird eye roll. I think he's pissed at me. Or <laughs> what? You know? But then when we know them and we get to know their story and we see that they live life six days and 22 hours a week in community, even though we might not see them for that two hours that we've decided are the most important. On Sunday, yeah. <laughs> they are living the gospel life yeah, in their communities, in their families, in their extended families, because we know their story and because we take time to hear their story and we take time to ask those questions. And, and we don't just assume anything because, we, because we, mm-hmm. we're brothers and sisters and we, right. we give them the benefit of the doubt. We give them a lot of trust and love and, and grace because it, it, it's bigger than an event. And it's bigger and deeper often than my schematic and my planning and equipping grids. Because what we, we have found consistently over time is sometimes we don't feel like we're seeing people, like I said, like show up on Sunday or whatever, or like they're not as engaged in community as we'd hope they would be. But then you get to really know them and you realize, okay, they don't use the same gospel identity and six rhythms language and people peace language. But then as we got to know them, they are 100% living this life out. And that's why we haven't been seen as much because they're out discipling the crazy out of people and living as a blessing. But can we still, though, not, we still need them. They're not meant to be an island or lone ranger disciple makers. And if we could help them learn how to give it language to help it bring greater amount of people into what they're doing and, and, and then multiply all that. See, we're all going to be richer for it. But I, I love your heart there. So let's not assume a whole lot of negative negativity just because maybe they're not showing up at our stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think we're still in that old school enough thought that if we validate that in people that you're living on mission and we see it and we love it, 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 it goes a long way. Yeah. It, it puts wind in your sails yeah. to say, yeah, I know you've been busy a couple Sundays in a row, but I love the fact that you're discipling your neighborhood that you've got kids in your house yeah. every night, that wh- whatever that looks like, if, if we as leaders in the church validate that in people, they realize, wait a minute, something's changing. 
right. for the better. Yeah. The other night, Tina and I were hanging out with Jim and his wife and, and their group, and then they invited another group, and they said, hey, talk through the discipleship rhythms, the six rhythms, story form to eat and bless, celebrate, all that. And as we did, you could see light bulbs going on, but there was also a, quite a bit of encouragement of people going like, well, we're already doing that, and we do that. And it was really a matter of, but I don't know if I do it with intentionality or we're just... You know, they're nice people and they love people, so it happens. But they're like, but I, I like this idea of bringing greater intentionality to it. But you could quickly see it wasn't like, it's there again, it's not binary. Like, you're doing none of this ever. You suck. You're the worst. and Or you're doing it all perfectly like I do, which is not the truth either because none of us do. Or you know, what, there is no perfect. It's life. It's, it's, it's what it is. All right. So let's, uh, let's put a little finer point on this too. Nick, what are some of the very first steps you'll be taking uh, lead on because it's not all on you but what, what are some of the things that you come out of the some of our planning meetings here what are you taking lead on in the next say six weeks that's going to kind of take us up through the holidays ish and as you grow your group and prepare to multiply it looks like into at least one other mc what do you feel like what are some of your very first steps you're taking lead on first is to be honest with the family that we're our, our missional community right now and say we love you but things are are changing enough that, that we get to do more than just this because th- they get very comfortable and cozy. And, we love and you and does. what we've been doing. Yeah. And it's not, we're, we're not dumping you. We're not dropping <laughs> you. We're saying, look at the opportunity that's right outside our door. And so then after we have those conversations and we, we make sure that we're not hurting feelings and that we're not making anybody feel like they're just getting dropped to go to that next ring of people who, who just need an invitation to a meal to the party <laughs> yeah. I need an invitation to our house to have a, a family dinner with our family and say we can do this consistently we can do this regularly cast a little vision help them understand where this is going it's not heavy lifting it, it's maybe serious conversation sometimes that you're not used to but it's going to add life to your life it's going to add value yeah. to your family life your personal bio family life yeah and it's going to just give us a more robust picture of the kingdom of god and so those conversations get to start happening uh, and, and with excitement, not with, not with, oh, I, I have to go have these conversations. It's more, man, look at these people mm-hmm. that are just primed and ready that God's worked on and, and through divine timing are, are at the doorstep waiting for us to open the door. Because that's all it feels like. Yeah. And, and so I'm excited about having those conversations, about having those dinner times, having those. But that's my first steps right. is get people at a table. And I've really challenged you to like, okay, so what days are you doing this? When are those texts going out? When are those meals happening? Like, that's really, otherwise it'll be like, well, you know, Christmas and, and all that. <laughs> and as I hear that too, that reminds me a little something that you were saying, Danny, earlier, even as we were pr- planning and processing, you hear this, you get excited, but then there's that little bit of dark part of your heart mm-hmm. that goes, but am I up to the task and am I good enough or do I know what I'm doing or will anybody of any of my other friends or neighbors want to do this? Guess what? Some of the folks that love you to death and love and, and you love to death when you, you know, sort of cast this larger, increasing vision, they're going to go, yeah, but and they're going to have that same heart feeling because there's so much mystery in it. And ignorance breeds fear, not like ignorance, dumb, but ignorance, like I'm not sure what that means or looks like 100 percent until we've done it a little more. And that is really part of why we have to model this and take people by the hand and make sure we're living it, not just dictating it and all. Now, Danny, I'll ask you a similar question. What are some of your very first steps that you're going to be taking uh, lead on in the next six weeks or so as you get ready to form this new missional community? You and another couple, it sounds like, is the hope at least. You know, what kind of equipping do you see needed, preparation with folks so that this will go successfully? 
Yeah, so I think of two things, and the first one is with my youth group, and you had a lot of conversations with me about how we need we get to get rid of kind of the pointless things that we're doing in youth group and center it more on a gospel-focused youth ministry to not just be that pizza and pop thing that we're still holding on to, but getting rid of some of the junk that's still a part of that and truly being there for a purpose. And if we want to have fun as a family, we, we get to. And it's not all in one night. So if you go, well, this was a serious night and this is a silly night and Right. And right. Maybe a little of both in some nights. Yeah. But it's all just about intentionality with the family yeah. and the direction that we see them moving mm-hmm. and growing them into deeper gospel fluency and encouraging them with their identity and mm. truly allowing them to believe that. Then the second thing. Awesome. I love that. By the way, I just want to say I love that. The second thing with my missional community um, is I don't want to say convince, but help my brother understand that this isn't just a small group that we've done in the past. This isn't something that is going to be a task. This is something that is going to be so life-giving, not only to us, but to the people that are going to be a part of our missional community. And I think that will bring life to him, but the other leader, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. it'll it'll bring life to him, but it'll also... We're, We're not using his name while we record this episode of the podcast, just in case he happens to hear this episode of the podcast before Danny and him have all these conversations. <laughs> We're doing what? Thanks. I heard it on the air. <laughs> but then it's equipping each other for that, equipping each other that we are going to take the steps that we need to take to make sure that this isn't just another small group, but this is life on life. Yeah. This is serious, deep stuff that we get to go into this, um, asking our father for trust, mm. for guidance, for leadership, yeah. and for family. So. Yeah, I love it. And one thing just in real time that I'm thinking as you're saying all that, Danny, is that between now, not just the stuff that you were just sort of describing you and the, this other leader, leadership couple are going to be needing to do and conversations you'll need to have, is there was also a pretty healthy list of other individuals and couples that you're thinking is a, probably a great fit and a great blend of gifting and talent and age and stage of life and maturity that, that in, in hope we're praying towards now being a part of that community. I would also want to challenge you and encourage you that between now and the official sort of start of that or hopeful start to really pick up some new rhythms, that you ask the Lord to show you what's next with those people so that I'm banking lots of invitation throughout the holidays now and seeing them and serving them a little extra and having a little bit extra fun and making sure you buy them really, really nice Christmas gifts. (laughs) (laughs) A new car. (laughs) So that that when you do start to say, hey, guess what? I've really been praying about all like this in just the last few weeks and months if we've been hanging out a lot more. I want to invite you into something so that it's not just like out of the blue. It's like, bing, because that only propagates that binary choice. Out of the blue, you're like, hey, you want to commit your whole life to living in community like a family with a whole bunch of us and others? I need an answer today. <laughs> That's what they hear. That, you know. So as you think and prepare towards that, be banking a lot of invitations so that when you even invite them into this, that feels like a challenge. It's a challenge they can accept. And this, this is the kind of thing that really excites me because in the past, we would try banking invitation into these people's lives, but there wasn't really a purpose. We mm-hmm. didn't have something that we were trying to move towards. And help to them move in maturity towards them, and all that. Yeah. yeah. And we're starting up this new missional community that I've dreamed about. Nick, Nick, you, Nick, have dreamed about for a long time. And as we start this up, like it's just so encouraging that the things that we're doing right now to set up life on life, 
The life and life that we're doing with them right now is only banking invitation and banking trust into their life that's going to blossom when this new missional community yeah. starts. Yeah. And that is super, super encouraging and exciting for me. It is. And, and let me just encourage you again, just like I was saying that some people might have been hearing those rhythms and going, hey, we're already doing a bunch of this stuff. Maybe not with the same level of intentionality. The week that we've spent here with you, it's been, well, we had a lot of stuff we wanted to get to and there was some official training and like a little conference and all, but it has been a pretty natural, good, fun rhythm of stuff we've done. And there's always been tons of community around. You had your birthday and there was a whole lot of community, but there was also other people that I hadn't met from C3 and people that came in that are just friends of yours from other things, believing and not and all that. And you guys have a very healthy rhythm of social life together and it's very inclusive i think you've banked a lot of invitation already but i'm really stoked that you're excited to know that you're banking new invitation for greater challenges that lie ahead really really cool so be encouraged you guys have a really cool community that feels very welcoming warm inclusive and we've hung out with so many people i feel like man can we stick around another week (laughs) be awesome well thanks so much for being willing to lift the lid here a little bit again and unpack a little bit what you've been learning we've been working on and learning together as the lord leads us we'll certainly be in prayer about all this don't miss that everybody that even though we think and we plan and strategize it's really the lord that sets the growth and brings that all that and i want to encourage you guys to be doing that and even as listeners if if you've been encouraged by this and you learn something awesome of course and maybe it's going to help you in some of your own thinking forward and planning but also would you be praying for Danny and Nick here and their families and and all the family here at C3 that God would grant them great favor in this and and continued growth. So Absolutely. I hope yeah. you'll do that. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. I love those guys. And again, what an amazing week we had together, but I'm so excited. And I think you can hear their level of excitement as well and confidence. I'm so excited for what's ahead for them and their church and, and the people in their missional communities and all that. And I want you to think about the importance of both celebrating all that's ahead and growth and multiplication, but it's also a time where we need to mourn a little bit together. We mourn change. That's really what mourning is. We're mourning change. And some will feel a sense of loss just as they feel a sense of growth and purpose too. Think about when your kids grow up and move out of the house, maybe that hasn't happened for you, but Tina and I, our kids are grown and they've all moved out and started households and families of their own. And when they were first moving out, this has been a few years ago now, we were very excited. It was exactly what we had prepared them for all their lives. And yet we were also a little bit sad. Like we're going to miss them or still going to see them. We're still family. Our relationship is not going anywhere. But we won't be in exactly the same rhythms, obviously, as they now head out to start families of their own. But it's a good time, but we also mourned a little bit. It's good to discuss that in your community before, during, and after the multiplication comes. Don't just fall victim to shooting all over people. You know, things like, we should be doing this. This is good for us. This is good for you. You're going to like this. Don't do that. Embrace both the excitement and, oh, things are changing a little bit. There'll be both joy and a little missing of certain rhythms with some of your closest friends in community as they move out and start families of their own, so to speak. Keep reminding yourself and everyone else that we're not losing these relationships that we have built and that we love. We're making room for more of these types of relationships in our lives and for others to experience what we love and experience in a gospel-centered community on mission. 
So we're not losing anything. We're just gaining new ones, new relational depth with new people and making space for more to have the same. So let's get to the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, you don't want to miss these. As always, you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Now here's the big three for this week. Not going to want to miss these. Number one, the right time to start the preparation to multiply your missional community is when you're first starting it. A missional community is not a holy huddle, renamed small group or Bible study. Your goal is to live increasingly like a family, together on mission. Let your folks know that healthy things always grow, and we're trusting God for growth and multiplication right from the start. That way you'll avoid a bait-and-switch type of reaction that people can have when they thought they had joined your group for life. Now, number two, the fear that often comes from group growth and community multiplication finds its roots in a false or really small understanding of the gospel. The church, that's us, that's people, and therefore our extended families on mission, that's what a missional community is, we exist for the sake of others to God's glory. We've been sent out with God's own Holy Spirit to be fruitful and multiply. That's exactly what Jesus said when he sent us on the only mission we have. Go and make disciples all over the world. The closeness and openness you may feel today with those currently in your group has come from trusting yourself with others, but it's the work of the gospel that has worked through your fears and the need to hide your real self. You can trust God and your ongoing redemption with new brothers and sisters too. And number three, leadership development is the tip of the spear, so to speak, when it comes to continuous growth and multiplication. Always got to keep your eye on that. Do you have a person or couple in your community that you're intentionally developing right now for the purpose of leading their own community, their own missional community in the near future? Do the other group leaders in your church have identified apprentices and a reproducible plan and resource for their equipping? I hope so. If not, that's what you got to start putting your eye to, much like we were talking about today. If you're finding your groups bursting at the seams with loads of people and or kids, it's time to up your intentionality on developing the next leaders you'll need for multiplication. Okay, I hope that's all helpful and encouraging. If you need any help with any of that, please let me know. If you'd like some coaching and systems and resources, let me know about that too. You can find out more about how to get a hold of me, set up a time to talk and all that. Go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching and i'd just love to talk to you and see if i can help you at all i hope you have a great week and trust god for his provision in everything that he's called you to he's faithful and enjoy your turkey if i didn't miss you already and treat everyone like part of the family this week i'll talk to you soon thanks for joining us today for more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources visit everydaydisciple.com and remember you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that jesus promised every day 